right, Scaredy Chat listeners, we are back with a new episode of Scaredy Chat. I'm Monica. And I am Caitlin. And I am excited because this this story that Caitlin's about to tell us is a saga that has been going on for months. <laughs> I know. And our whole friend group was like, what is happening? And it finally came to a resolution. Caitlin, tell us about it. Okay, so this is the gripping conclusion of what I'm going to call the sketchbook saga. I don't. I think saga means four parts. Or it does. There are four we parts. We know grammar. I just know that because of Twilight. Um, that's the only reason I know it. But basically, okay. So I live in an apartment, but the apartment has a backyard. It has like a like a patio type thing. You know this. I'm I'm only reiterating this to you as a vessel to get this information out to the audience. But my backyard, um, it is kind of like on. It's on the first floor, obviously. But then above it, there's apartments with balconies and stuff. So I often, like, kind of stare at the balconies when I'm outside. And I'm like, I wonder who lives there. Anyway, that's a normal thought to have, guys. Anyway, so I'm out one day. I'm actually, like, going to the farmer's market in Ojai. It's just, like, oh a very— gosh. Just, like, a very L.A., like, Sunday trip or whatever. But I get— When I come back, I get a note in my backyard that is attached to a pencil— so the pencil, it has, it's on the note, and I guess they put the pencil attached to the note so that it would be heavy and that it would be weighed down. So I find this note in my backyard, and the note says, hi, I lost my sketchbook. I live in, like, one of the apartments above you. I can't find it. Can you please look? Here is my phone number. So I'm like, okay. Sus. It's a little sus. <laughs> it I, is. I, all my friends are like, weird. What are? What is the plan? And I'm like, I don't know. I think she just wants her sketchbook. We're like, no, she's trying to hex you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, they instantly went to like, which. I'm not really sure why. But anyway, so I get, I look around my backyard. I get kind of like emotional because I'm like, what if I lost like, I mean, I don't know, my laptop, I guess yeah. that would be weirder to be like, I accidentally dropped my laptop. Can you I find it? I dropped my computer into your yard. I, like, write nothing by hand. Even, like, signing checks is embarrassing. It's, like, chicken scratch. Anyway, but, yeah, so this woman couldn't find her sketchbook. So I texted her because her number was on the thing, and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I did look. Couldn't find it. This was in February. So months go by. I'm home by myself. Hate it. I have not been sleeping that well. It's been very strange. I've been going to bed early. I'll fall asleep quickly, but then I'll wake up at like two in the morning, four in the morning, and I'll be up for hours. And the only thing I can do is watch Pretty Little Liars before I go to bed or Degrassi, depending on. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's quality stuff, but I don't want to be awake. So, but I'm I'm up. I hear this banging. It's almost like every two minutes, like bang. I can't bang on the table because we're at the fancy table. So I can't do that. But I hear bang. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to think of what it could be. We have a laundry room underneath us. I'm like, maybe the door to the laundry room is open. Was it windy? Was this when it was really windy? Yes, it was. This was when it was really windy in Mm -hmm. LA. So Mm -hmm. I assume that the door is like flapping open, whatever. Go down to the laundry room. That door is locked. I'm like, okay, that did not solve my problem. Nope. I still have no idea where this banging is coming from. And it's like, it's not consistent, but it's like, I hear it, nothing, I hear it again. And that's so much worse because then you cannot go to sleep because you do not know when, when the it's next happening. One's coming. Horrible. Anyway, so then I go outside and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's like the door to the garage or whatever, which I have to go through my backyard to get to. Hate it. So I go into my backyard, I turn on the light to go outside, and there is a man's face staring at me. 
Now I'm pausing for dramatic effect here, but it's not an actual man's face. It's a killer. It is. Yeah, it's, it's not a human man who's going to kill Caitlyn. It's not a human man who's going to kill Caitlyn, but thank you for that. It is a picture in a sketchbook. The sketchbook is open and the man's face is facing me. It also weirdly looks like my husband's face. I, <laughs> it doesn't, I, it's not, it's a good drawing. This woman is actually, I'm, spoilers, but this woman is like perfectly normal and lovely, but it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm up. I have no idea really why I'm awake. I've been awake at this hour, many a night. And I see this sketchbook and I see this guy's face and I'm like, holy shit, this is so scary. <laughs> so, but then I'm like, oh my God, that's a person's sketchbook. And it is April. It is April. February, April. That's two months. Is it like weathered and worn out from it, the elements? It is. Like a squirrel definitely bit the sketchbook. Mm. Crazy. But I'm just like so happy also that I can bring joy to someone. Like both like afraid, but also like bringing joy. Did you read any of it? Are there spells in there? No, there are. N- I mean, I did not read it. So maybe, but probably not. Anyway, so I finally, I text this woman after two months she is so grateful. She comes back the next day. She brings me a bottle of wine. It was it ended very happily. But I think that the image of just like this sketchbook like falling down and just being there, it is like truly out of something like from hereditary. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Like it's just like why? At the very <laughs> least, at the very least, it's something from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, I think it's weird because it was windy all day. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I took Stella, my dog, out. At like 10 p.m. So I was like, why would it be outside? Like, why, why would wasn't it... it outside the first time and it is now? Exactly. Like, that's the weirdest thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it was really, it was a nice story. Like, it's a happy thing that happened. It's one of those rare episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that does end happily, but with a little stinger on the end that's like, or did it? Right, exactly. But I think it did because I got wine. So <laughs> I got wine and I got to feel like a good person. That's true. That's true. My my favorite thing is feeling like a good person. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. But, but I have to say, waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning, Pass. No, pass. Hard pass. Hello, Scaredy Chat. I hope you're excited because we're going to talk about the fear of abandonment today. We've got a very funny person with us. You know his work from Upload and Inside Amy Schumer. He also hosts the Russell Rose podcast, and he's been on like every podcast you care about. So I'm excited to hear what he's afraid of. Everybody meet Mike Lawrence. Mike, I would like to ask you, well, we can backtrack to Little Caesars. You're a <laughs> child. You're you're a baby. You have some action figures, and you switch homes throughout your life. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Yeah, I was afraid of um, loneliness. I think, and uh, just yeah, that constant shuffle of back and forth, and 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 I, and I think being left behind and and having to mentally adjust, like getting a good amount of attention one week and then not getting as much the next week. And even like the dynamics with my brother would change. Um, and then my mom and stepdad had a, a, a daughter who's my sister, but even, you know, like the change of getting to know her, but then leaving every other week <laughs> and, and things like that. Yeah. It, it, uh, I, I got very, uh, insecure. You know, my 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 whole my my whole childhood felt like a Zoom call 
that could be stopped by technical difficulties at any moment. Wow. So this was kind of traumatic. Precarious. So sorry. (laughs) Mike, this fear of loneliness and of leaving left behind, you mentioned in an email that it kind of manifested in a specific a specific incident that you were afraid would happen. Can you tell us about it? Oh, 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 peeing my pants? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I would all the time. I, I did in my uh, my first few years in New York, I would sometimes. My my nickname in elementary school was was Peebo, and, and not because I looked like Mr. Bryson. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was because um, I had what, uh, I don't know if this is just, I, I, I grew up in South Florida. I don't know if this was Florida vernacular, but Bobo shoes is what they would call like really cheap shoes. Never heard um, of it. Yeah, like like you know, I'd get shoes at Payless or whatever and then I I would pee my pants also. So my my brother came up with it. He, he's Peebo. And so Your they would brother? Yeah, he's yeah, you know, he's just always the worst about that stuff. And uh and yeah, so so some of the kids would call me Peebo. So there would be times where people would notice or it's also you you smell like pee. Uh, <laughs> but there were yeah there were oh there were God. open mics um, in New York that this happened at a couple times and just yeah because I, I was always afraid especially like if I was around other people yeah I was always afraid that they were just gonna go somewhere else like if I gave them the chance to ditch me they would so I would stick around even past the point of like not going to the bathroom <laughs> oh no yeah, and then and then I got diagnosed with Crohn's uh, later on in life, and oh, no, uh, peeing my oh, no. peeing my pants was the least of my concerns. Yeah, that that was rehearsal. <laughs> the real the real yeah. body the, issues. Yeah, the storm that was a coming. Yeah. Do you allow yourself to go to the bathroom when you have to now? Yes, except stay? except if it's Marvel movies, then then you know, I mean, I I wish. They were shorter, but yeah, end game, end game. It's like, and I, I don't, I'm not peeing during them, but like, I mean, if it got to that point, I would, but I just am able to like hold it in if, if I need to, cause you know, I, I don't want to miss something. And then, and then you gotta, you gotta stay through the whole credits and the end credits and the, yeah, those are, those are, those are full, uh, work days. <laughs> it's an eight hour process. Yeah, and it's not even whether or not I enjoy them. It's, you know, whether or not I have an opinion that's worth shouting out about them after. (laughs) I mean, I'm a comic book obsessive, so I really do, like, get into them. Um, It's definitely, like, my sports, but that was great about the Super Bowl. It's like, I don't care, so I can pee as much as I want. (laughs) Yes, that is the event where you can stay in the bathroom. I don't really care what's happening. Yeah, yeah, just tell me when the commercials are on. Yes, exactly. Just just tell me which famous person needs the money. So do you feel like that abandonment fear is still present from childhood? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I mean, and very much in work, I mean, show business is all just people leaving you. It's all about pe- people making you feel important until you're not anymore and they find something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> you know, it's that, uh, I mean, I, I think one of the best portrayals of fame is that, that Simpson episode where Bart gets the catchphrase. He's the, I didn't do it boy. And then he just says it one day and no one laughs anymore. And that's it. 
And no one yeah. cares. On to the next. Yeah. And then he does a Super Bowl commercial 30 years later. And he goes, I didn't do it. And people love it. <laughs> yeah. And then some people from a very specific span of time get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are into Marvel stuff. So I'm interested in what you have to say about this. But for me, a fear is like the, the crushing weight of capitalism and how I can't do anything about it. So I get yeah. very, I get very spun out about that all the time. Um, so while I was watching the most recent Spider-Man, yeah, you know, and then, then Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come out and all of their villains appear and everyone's all excited and you're like, oh my God, I was just filled with dread. Yeah. <laughs> I was like having a panic attack in the theater because to me it felt like Everything it's like it's 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 like Amazon, but the movie version, you know, like everything is being forced together, everything is combining, everything is being um acquired, you know, by each other. And I was like, these first movies were never meant to be part of this, and you're forcing it. And I was like, Damn, I don't know. I had like a, a little fit. <laughs> I mean, it's hey, you know, I have a, a lot of thoughts about it, but it is interesting because it's like I think of um I, the the one thing I, I the immediate thought I had watching that movie was, okay, I think my life is better than it was when that first Spider Man came out. Oh, that's and good. I'm like you know, but I like that's immediately where my mind went to because it it, it, it that was uh made third two thousand two, so it's almost twenty years, and 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 I'm thinking like hey, that's such a long time ago, but I'm like, all right, um, uh, you were. You were alone then. You got really depressed because you hated that everyone cheered for Spider-Man, even though in the comics he's always a loner and people hate him. Um, because you were a loner and you thought people hated you. Uh, <laughs> and then when Spider-Man gets popular, you're not popular, then you have nobody. Uh, that, that's literally it's getting better for I Spider-Man, I, but not for me. Yeah, when 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 I watched it, I was I was I was 19 when the when the first one came out, and then like, all right, I'm like, okay. I I'm sitting next to my wife. That that's that's the thing I didn't think would happen uh, <laughs> at all. Then have that prediction. Uh, I'm alive in my late 30s. Another thing I didn't think would happen. Um, you know, and I was like, and you know what? I don't need this. Like if if this sucks, there's other things in my life. And I was like, and I could not have said that years ago. And and then I I start thinking that okay. 2004 Spider-Man, 2007, you know, like, it was just, like, the report card. I mean, when the Spider-Man 3 came out, I loved it because it was the first Marvel movie I saw in New York when I moved to New York. And to see a Marvel movie that takes place in New York in New York was the coolest thing to me. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you watch a Harry Potter movie in England, it's like, yeah, you know. I'm here. Just, yeah, I see it all. Yeah, <laughs> there's Thomas Hayden Church as a pile of sand, um, and so I was like so amazed by by all of that that you know, and, and other people were like, "Oh, that movie's terrible," and it's like I will always have that special place for me, which which I think should happen more, and and I love when it does when you criticize a movie and somebody says, "Yeah, but it means a lot to me," because that's what should I. The, the, the scary thing to me is the capitalism is scary, but the monolith of opinion is also scary that you have to think a certain way uh, of taste. Like, 
we've all decided that this thing is bad or that thing is bad. And I mean, like everyone's decided the Batman and Robin movie from 1997 is bad, but yeah, I had fun. a fun time watching fun. it. Yeah. So I'm always going to say I enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> you know, is and, it a cinematic cultural shifting masterpiece? Maybe not. Oh, well. Well, it's a thing of like, you know, do we actually allow ourselves to 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 feel or are we watching everything already thinking about what we're going to tweet and what we're going to Instagram? And and once you do that, everything becomes work. And that's like, like that's the thing, like I've tried to do less. I got off Twitter um, a couple of years ago because it was just it was it was addictive and harmful in my mind of. You know, it's it's the thing too. Like I, I think about, you know, with all you know, all the censorship talk that people have, and it's like, well, now what we've done is we've just made everyone a gatekeeper. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> and, and and I was like, you know what? And now there's there's fear in, um, worrying about what one group says, and then I was like, there's even fear in getting the wrong people to like you. <laughs> oh my god. That's- true we have a game that we play with all of our guests it's called chill or chilling where we run hypothetical scenarios by you and if you would do it chill you wouldn't do it too scary chilling okay all right our first one caitlin i just made this one up it's not on your list but our first one is going to a silent retreat chill or chilling chilling yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I wouldn't. Why? I love talking. Because of the internet, I haven't been able to talk much. But guys, I'm here. What do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on the industry of silent retreats? Uh, just, I mean, I, I, I know friends that have done it. Uh, it's just, it feels really... I have really bad handwriting, so then that takes away my other form of communication. <laughs> I think the idea is that you don't communicate. Is oh, that, really? Is you can't the, even write? I, I don't know. I don't think it's like you can pass notes back and forth. Like, I feel you like it's more about something. being with yourself. Ugh. I mean, I guess if it's like, what do you want for dinner and you have a sign or something. But I don't think it's that you I think the idea is that you like are in solitude. I could be wrong. I've never been because I couldn't possibly handle it. Uh-uh. Who knows? Should we do like the next it. one? Yeah, you go for it. Fart? <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. Probably I guess so. Probably not, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can. I no, just think you could. No, no sounds can leave your body. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea is you can't, like, fart to communicate. But what I if, think. What, what if the fart is judgmental? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Because it's yeah. judging the food. <laughs> right. You have to and leave. Is, you get kicked out. It's its own criticism. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Caitlin, give us our next one. Okay, this one is having to spend time with Gen Z teens. Chill or chilling? Chill? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I was going to be a teacher, so that would have been my life anyways. Wow, brave, brave. Yeah, I, I mean... No, it's, uh, I, I, my niece-in-laws, like, they're in their teens, and you, know, you learn a lot. Like, I mean, 
they really uh, do not get enough credit for how tough their own lives are and the crap that they go through and everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's sad. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm 39. So it's like, in some ways I'm like, God, I'm closer to the boomer age than <laughs> their age. No, but it's, but we I would mean, never. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't have school shooting drills. These, these tough kids had to, and the, uh, yeah, the amount of the internet scrutiny and, just the fact that like one person can get more likes than another and you're both like 10, that's scary to me. <laughs> when your brain is still trying to develop. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. there's a lot of this is a very sad generation, I think. Um, you know, plus plus the uh, the the shape of the, the world we're leaving them in. And, you know, uh, <laughs> not great. Not great. No, no, I'm with Thunberg. <laughs> oh, I do love her. She's my, great. Uh, my mom works in a hospital and they had to do a mass shooting drill, you know, and they were like, okay, one of one of your options is to charge them. Uh we don't recommend this option, but it is it is an option. If if you know one one person is in the group can make a run for it, you know. My mom was telling Spence, she's like, I can do that. What? <laughs> she's, no. she's very, she's very um. She's very kind of flippant, you know, about her own well-being. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Like, the way she was explaining it to she was like, you know, like, it doesn't really matter about me. Like, I'd be, like, famous. Oh, my God. That's why she would do it no, out yeah, of, for the fame? That's why she would do it. But, you know, she oh was my like, God. Yeah, I, I, can, I can do that. And I'm like, Mom, no, you hide behind the counter. You don't do anything. Oh, yeah. No, I used to tell my mom, because my mom's a teacher or was a teacher, She's fine, but she's no longer a teacher. Um, and I, I she used is to no t- longer with us in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's fine. She's currently in Mexico, actually living her um, best life. But um, I used to tell her, I was like, "Look, like, like hide, like whatever you do. I know, like you hear these horrible stories, like just hide, just like get get the fuck out of there. Like I don't know, it scares me." But my mom's like, "I'll I'll be the one to do it." Yeah. No, I love of, it. I mean, think of like like this generation now, like their willingness to adapt and they just go with the flow. Like the, the kids who like, you know, the pandemic has been like such a big chunk of their lives. And they're like, you want me to put on the mat? Sure. You want me? It's like the parents are always complaining about it, but they're not. The kids are like, OK, whatever. That's true. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. no, it's so true. What it's always the parents. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I mean, I feel like, yeah, older people, like, we, we have one of two ways. We either hate the youth or we're like, you know, King Louie from the Jungle Book wishing they would teach us how to make fire. <laughs> it's so, that's, I feel like I'm the second one. I talked to a, I talked to an 18-year-old this weekend, and I asked him all these questions. I was like, what's your favorite Gen Z food? I don't even know what that meant. You mean like you like, mean like my favorite food? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, what do the kids like these days? <laughs> tell me, tell me about oh your God. ways. It's fascinating. Uh-huh. It is. Like, you know what we don't like being classified by our age. Yeah. I am sure he was like, okay, millennial, which yeah. is like almost more insulting than okay, boomer. Now somehow, somehow we're that uncool again. I'm not sure what I happened. Um, I will I, say though, LA kids scare me. Uh, LA kids freak me out where, where are you originally from pennsylvania 
And those kids don't freak you out. No. The actual children of the corn don't scare you. <laughs> I understand <laughs> corn. I understand corn. They're not made of corn. By the way, that's corn spelled with a K. No. <laughs> Everyone was a huge corn fan. Yeah. It's crazy. They all they all go out into the fields and go, ooh, I don't know a single corn song, I realize. Oh, uh, that was that was uh, the refrain from Freak on a Leash. <laughs> I've heard of that song, but I don't actually think I know it. I uh, just know it because my husband occasionally will say that phrase. Oh, and wow. I'm like, right, huh? like I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like, you know, in the 50s you had like scat, and then in the 90s you had like like white guys acting like they were possessed for like six seconds in the middle of a song, you know, like like disturbed going, oh wow, wow, wow. Yes. <laughs> For no reason. No reason. It doesn't even happen to the rest of the song. Just bah, bah, bah. <laughs> they they just become you know a Muppet drummer for for some reason. Yeah, and that has surpassed any lyric they have ever written. <laughs> <laughs> that music was so scary. Like we had Slipknot, we had that clown band. I don't, <laughs> they were a posse. <laughs> a posse. Music was scary. I never understood people who enjoyed scary music. Evanescence was as far as I went in terms of how scary music could be. Whoa. And they were a Christian band initially. <laughs> yeah, apparently they were a Christian band. Learning that today. No. So your 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 scary thing was down. <laughs> it's. That is scary. I don't understand why they had to dress the way they dress. <laughs> it's a culture, Caitlin. You're 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 more of a was it my immortal? Is that is that your <laughs> your speed of evanescence? I also could do my chemical romance. I was a big fan, actually. So they, they're they're oh, yeah. kind of scary. Emo is also scary. Not as not scary the way that like metal bands with the clown faces At are scary. At least that was intentional. Emo just ended up there by accident. Yeah, but My Chemical Romance, like, those guys are, like, spooky hot, you know? I don't know. My, my Chemical Romance it. is what happens when your parents <laughs> divorce in their teens. <laughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're, like... When they do? When they no, no, when you, I, I rephrase it. <laughs> no, when you're, like, 16. Like, when you're 16, <laughs> when you're 16, your parents divorce and you're like welcome to my sad parade <laughs> it's, it's my black parade and his dad took him there and taught him lessons to tell about, him life. about the divorce right i guess maybe was that the metaphor no, maybe I don't, know. I don't know could be i don't know all right i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you one more mike okay sounds great spending a night in a graveyard chill or chilling I mean, well, the song Monster Mash makes it sound really chill. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's so fun. I think chilling, like, literally, because, like, even in, in like, California, it would be cold. Like, just being in a graveyard in the middle of the night. Like, I just, I, I even feel like, like, no matter, like, even, like, you're in Arizona or whatever, like, it would just be cold. Like, the the, the coldness of the stones just amplifies. I... I don't know. I, you know what? I I would say yeah, chilling, but but also because like, I don't want to be seen by the groundskeeper, like, you know, like the people that work there, like, you know, there's there's probably a certain type of person that hangs out in the graveyard at night, and that I don't want that to be me. Yeah, people are gonna make some assumptions. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go during the day. One question that I never ask people 
even though we asked this question kind of a lot, is how much money would it take you to do it? Oh, to spend a night in a graveyard? Yeah. And you have blankets and stuff. Maybe a heated jacket, even. Ooh. Oh, like, like, like $10. You're glamping in a graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, it's like $40 and uh, give me some some Arby's. (laughs) Okay, wow. Everybody has a price, I guess. Everybody has a price. It doesn't seem like that. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like a hundred but but that's more just to be out there in the cold it's yeah it, it just feels like survivor you know do, do do i get my do i get my my bucket of rice i have one last question for you okay as an adult who is funny for a living very funny and you know is out here in la doing it is married all of these things how where is your current uh fear of loneliness Oh, it's still high as ever. <laughs> I take antidepressants. Um, no, it's it's a little better, but you know, it's the thing. The thing that I've realized is the stuff that I thought pushed people away when I was a kid is also the stuff that makes people like me now, and and that's kind of nice, you know. And and like I said, I mean, you know realizing like yeah having the diagnosis and and being able to navigate that and and things like that i mean it's it's i'm still you know unpacking it because it's so recent but i mean is it you know autism is is so fascinating because you know people will be like yeah it's a superpower and i'm like yeah but most superpowers don't have 20 weaknesses uh (laughs) like you know, there there are wonderful things. Like, I don't think I'd have the the, the career I do um, without it. Like, I, I I definitely think that my brain is wired in this different weird way that works for comedy and doesn't work for social interactions or small talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you could see the, the linear way this conversation went, like, that's how my, I love my brain... It. Oh, thank you. But my brain isn't linear. You know, I go all over the place and, and 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 I will be spending the next few hours then going through and picking the pieces and all of that. That's that's the other side of autism that nobody talks about, you know, like like, you know, lo- love on the spectrum just shows the date. They don't show the next week. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, they probably um, should. But, but I, I feel like um, in, in, in navigating and, and in connecting with other people. Um, who deal with similar things, like, yeah, you, you feel less alone. I, and I think if there's one thing that, you know, there's a lot that's bad about the internet, but what, the one thing that's good is, uh, that you can connect with other people. And I mean, look, some people should feel alone. Uh, people who thought that, uh, they should have, uh, gotten to overtake the country over, January 6th, they're the ones who should feel alone, pee their pants. Um, 100%. But, but people who, you know, deal with, um, you know, depression and things like that and, and knowing that you can connect with other people, like, that's that's cool that the internet has helped with that. And, <laughs> you know, and even if someone, like, listens to this and, like, relates to some of it and, like, oh, shit, I've done that. You know, I feel that way sometimes. Like, my pants are wet now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My pants are wet right now. When, when, <laughs> when's the last time you I love peed that, your pants? Though. The last time that I, I peed my pants was 
about about eight months ago, and it was on a podcast that, that it, was, it was my own my own show, Wrestle Roast, and it's just one of our co-hosts was just going in this tangent, and I just and I, I knew that I could leave. I just didn't want to, and I should have. But I I mean, you know, but it's also it's like. I look at it of like, man, I think of the awful hack jokes I laughed at and peed my pants during when I was young. I'm like, if I'm going to if I'm going to pee my pants and it's high quality comedy, that's fine. Yes. You know, if I if I if I go to see Maria Bamford and I pee my pants, like, great. That is worth it. Yeah, that's like getting, that's like getting drunk off, you know, aged wine. But like, man, if you're getting drunk off. <laughs> apps, <laughs> Not worth it. Mostly Not worth water it. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the excuse you use when someone notices you peed your pants. <laughs> it's too much of the high water content. It goes right through you. No sodium in it. Yeah. If I made someone pee their pants, I would be incredibly proud of myself and flattered. So But yeah, so that's I mean, I guess I guess that's it. Like I, I feel like I haven't I mean, maybe there's a lot of people on this show that say they've conquered their fear. I guess, I don't know if you ever do, but, like, I understand mine more. Yes. <laughs> and that helps. I like that sentiment. You don't conquer fear. You just understand it, and you, like, learn to live with it. Yeah, because does anyone, like, ever truly get over a fear? I don't know. Maybe they do, but, and that's awesome that they do. They're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably don't make people laugh as much. All right. I'll take it. Well, Mike, is there, can you shout out where people can find you if you want them to find you? If so, where? Yeah, I'm Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, my podcast is, is Russell Roast. We pick a different wrestler and we write roast jokes about them. And that's just fun. I love wrestling. Um, you know, uh, I will. I will leave to go to the bathroom during a wrestling show, though. So, <laughs> but, so not that much. Yeah, <laughs> a healthy amount. <laughs> well, this has been seriously so awesome. I am so sorry that our internet has been oh, okay. less than awesome. I wish that I could have stayed here visually with all of you for a longer period of time. But this was <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks okay, so much, guys. Cut. I'm gonna. Mike, you're so funny. You're hilarious. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Scaredy Chat. We hope you were a little scared and maybe a little relieved about your fears. And if you're having fun listening to this podcast, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss it and you're ready with us every week. And hey, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And maybe you have a fear and you're wondering if other people are afraid of it too? Well, we probably are, but you should email us your fears at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Till next time, scaredy cats. Bye. Security Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suryagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer, with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Hold up. 